everyone, and welcome to our podcast today. I'm Edie Tolbert. And I'm Jennifer Edwards. And we are Business Besties. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Hi! (laughs) (laughs) So, we are here today. That was very deep, wasn't it? (laughs) We're a little tongue-tied or something. I don't know what's going on. I think I need to hydrate. I'm very, very dry today. (laughs) Hopefully, I don't knock over my bottle of water. Okay, so here we are today, guys. Thank you so much for coming back and joining us. We are going to talk about redirection today. Yep. So Jennifer and I have had some conversations over the last few weeks, well, actually the last few months, feeling some redirection with some different things that are going on. And so we just want to kind of, kind of, we wanted to share um, some of the things that we have gone through recently. And hopefully, um, even if there's one person out there that these things help with, that's what it's intended to do. But that's what we feel led to share with you today is redirection. And I always lend it to that little navigator lady that... (laughs) When you turn right instead of turning left or you pass your exit, they're recalculating, recalculating. <laughs> and do you ever feel like she gets a little bit snippy? She's like, I feel like she's going, you idiot. Yeah, sometimes. Just follow the directions. <laughs> yeah. I always feel like she gets, if you do it too many times, she gets a little, I, think, I don't know, snarky. Think, yeah, snarky. I think I'm going to get that Australian guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, that's who does mine. Yes. Yeah. Does he get snarky? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. I think the lady is a little more... Is that, that's kind of sexist, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think I want to get that Australian guy because I think he's a little nicer. But anyway. <laughs> so today we're talking about redirection. What have you got for me today, Jennifer? Well, you know, I have this thing and I'm sure it's because of the age that I am and how I grew up and, um, you know, my parents and my grandparents, they got a job. Mm-hmm. with the place and that's their goal the whole goal was to stay there until retirement until retirement absolutely mm-hmm. there was no moving around mm-hmm. there was no nothing mm-hmm. at all and that was the pinnacle mm-hmm. you got the job you did you worked hard you came in early you worked late you did all the things all and the you things. were the model employee and that was the that was your whole goal in life is to just get that job and stay there and I remember the very first time this concept completely tur- upended in my, in my brain. I was the president of the Catoosa Chamber. And Catoosa is a little town outside of Tulsa, for those of you who are listening and don't know. Um, so I was the president of the Catoosa Chamber, and, which was a volunteer position. And I was sitting there waiting for the meeting to start, for everybody to get there. And I was just casually having a conversation with a very... Fairly young, newly out of college guy who worked at a local bank. And um, he made reference to his second career. And I, I mean, it was just so foreign to me. And I went, what do you mean your second career? And he goes, well, he said, skills transfer. He said, I'll probably work here for, and I don't remember the, yeah, let's just say he said seven years. Right. I'll probably work here for seven years and then I'll just go see what else is available for me with my experience and my skill set because skills transfer. And my mind was blown. I was like, he's already thinking about changing careers. 
Like, he doesn't plan to be at that bank for the whole rest of his life. <laughs> and that was such a strange mindset shift for me. I'll never forget when I told my dad that I got a job at PSO, the, the local electric company here. And he goes, you're set for life. I mean, he yeah. he literally expected me to work there. And work your way up. Work my way yep. up. Started out in customer service. Work my way up. Yep. Um, put in 35, 40, 50 years, yep. claim my retirement and be a happy camper. Yeah. And then when Brittany was born, she had a heart murmur and I ended up having to quit. Yeah. So that didn't work out. But I mean, I'd never, I, I will never forget my dad saying, you're set for life. Good job. And I went, yeah, okay, I did good. You know, Yeah. just thinking that that's where I was going to be the rest of my life. Sure. Be the rest of my life. Yeah. And then I was a stay-at-home mom, and then I worked part-time in a ticket office for the Signature Symphony, and then I got cancer, and then I opened Stonebrook Day Spa, which led to the Stonebrook Project, which led to writing a book, which led to now breast cancer advocate and educator. So what I want to say today is that don't be discouraged when a door closes, because there's a better one fixing to open up. Yep. It may take a week or some weeks or some months or a couple of years, but embrace that shut door. Yeah. And wait for that next one to open up and then you're going to your your chin is going to be dropped to the floor and you're going to be going, "Oh, okay. That's what that was about." Yeah. So, that's kind of what we're talking about today as far as redirection goes in that Try not to be discouraged with the season that you're in. It might not be the best season, but like I've heard message after message after podcast after podcast about no matter what you're doing right now, do it to the best of your ability, Mm -hmm. be positive, Mm -hmm. and then God will open another door. And so embrace those doors. Yeah. I love shut doors, actually. And I didn't used to, but the thing that makes me love shut doors is that if if God is going to help lead me, he knows me so well. Mm-hmm. He knows that I I do better with process of elimination mm. than I do with too many choices. Mm-hmm. Too many choices confuse me. Mm-hmm. I jump down every rabbit hole. I do all the research. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I just second guess everything. But if he slams a door shut, mm-hmm. that is it. I can't can't go there. And let me give you a very good example of this. Um, this isn't work necessarily. This is for my personal life. But when I was, um, 20, my mid twenties, um, Ron and I had tried for a really long time to have a child. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we tried for six years Wow. and, um, I had a condition called endometriosis mm-hmm. and I had it stage four. So it was really, really bad. And so, along with that comes excruciating, debilitating pain. Yeah. Where I end up on the floor, curled up in a ball, just mm-hmm. unable to move. The pain was just unbearable. And um, after five surgeries, between exploratory to they would go in and try to scrape some of it out. And if you don't know what endometriosis is, it is where the lining of the uterus gets outside of the uterus and then it attaches itself to everything. And it just becomes a big glom of 
tissue. So it had attached itself to my bladder, to my intestines, to my colon. And it just, it, it just becomes this gigantic blob of stuff. Mm-hmm. So obviously to my ovaries, like all the things, my fallopian tubes, like I, there was just, by the time the surgery happened, he said there was never a chance that I was ever going to get pregnant. So that was almost six years of. That uterus was not playing nice. No, no, no. It was not. Absolutely It, it didn't not. play well with others. It did not at all. So, um, you know, we, they, in order to treat it back in those days, they put me on a, a medication called Lupron, which put me in mm-hmm. menopause. Mm-hmm. So at the ripe old age of 20 something, I went into menopause. Dang. And, uh. So they tried all the things. And then, of course, with all the fertility stuff, and Ron and I were just the, our last ditch effort was Lupron. And if that did not work, we were not going to do in vitro. That was just the line that we were drawing. Mm-hmm. We we were going to go that far. Right. We made that decision, and that was it. So um, I ended up in the emergency room in the worst pain I'd ever been in. And I had been in some very serious pain. And... Um, but this one particular time, it was so bad. I literally couldn't function. I was, I was fainting. Like it, the pain was terrible. So the doctor came, my doctor came and he told Ron, he said, if this was my wife, I would have her get a hysterectomy because this is just terrible. He said, I just, I, I, as her doctor cannot put her through this anymore. So we made the decision to have the hysterectomy and you know, that was, that was tough. You, when you try to do something for six years, it's hard. And so, at any rate, um, that door was shut. Mm-hmm. And it was shut hard. Yeah. That was one of those slammed shut doors. There yeah. was Vault. no going back. And it was the most relief I have had. Wow. Physically mm-hmm. and mentally, mm-hmm. it just relieved so much out of my life. Because I was hurting all the time and I was mentally messed up all the time. Yeah. And pain mentally messes you up. But then there's the whole trying to get pregnant mentally mess you up thing too. Yes. And so he just slammed that door shut and fixed all the things. Yeah. In one fell swoop. Wow. And so I love shut doors. Yeah. I love shut doors. I've loved shut doors from that moment. Yeah. And interestingly enough, and I just thought of this. So a while after the surgery... I'm having one of those, you know, you're mindlessly doing what you do in the day and the Holy Spirit just like drops this thought, right? So I was opening the door, going from my garage into my kitchen, and I clearly heard the Holy Spirit. I mean, as if it were audible. I clearly heard Holy Spirit say to me, you remember that person in your life who's children were everything to them and they completely enjoyed their children. I'm going to give you something better than that. And that's, that was it. That was the, that that was all he dropped. That was the story. And, and isn't that generally what he does? Yeah. When something is taken away, doesn't he give us something bigger and better? Absolutely. Wow. And that gave me all the peace I needed. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, you, I question, I'm again, I mean, I just questioned, I had studied, I'd done all the things, but yep. anyway, closed doors, yeah. closed doors are not always bad. It's process mm-hmm. of elimination and it redirects you mm-hmm. to get out of whatever you've been pushing so hard in my case, six years, mm-hmm. pushing to get towards, to be a mom. And then all of a sudden I was never going to be a mom Yeah, and I was okay with that. Yeah. And that it was that moment at which I was like, 
Okay. Yeah. Wow. I have a whole brand new life. Yeah. That I get to start. Well, and just the incredible amount of pain. Oh, it was so bad. That's... It was so bad. It was so bad. My doctor came in after the surgery. I'll never forget this because if I'd been able to, I would have gotten out of the bed and strangled him. He said to me, you were a mess. And I said, I told you. No, he said, you are such a mess. You must have really been in pain. I was like, I told you how much pain I was in. He goes, well, there's no way I could have known how bad your situation was. I was like, in fact, after the surgery, they had me on a morphine drip, which all I heard the nurse say after the surgery was she can push the button, but she can only push it ever so often because it regulates it. Well, in my drug-induced brain, what I heard was, don't push the button unless you're really in pain. That's what I heard. And so Ron, he was, she was telling all of that to Ron because he was there with me. And so I never pushed the button. So she comes back in at like 2 o'clock in the morning. I had never pushed the button. I had just had my innards ripped out. Like it was a six-hour surgery. Usually hysterectomies are 20 minutes. Yeah. And um, the nurse came in and she's like, why hasn't she pushed the button? And Ron's like, I'm asleep. And he's like, I, I don't know. And so she like pushes the button. I, I never hurt as bad as I did. As you did. Oh, my Lord. When, the, when I had the endometriosis. And so I never got to that point of pain. Your threshold of pain was so high. Uh-huh. You didn't feel like you needed morphine. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. what. Why did I say that? Why, why did we go down that rabbit hole? Doors. Doors. Shut doors. It, the pain, the door was shut. And I truly didn't think the surgery was going to fix it. I remember the first time I realized that the pain I was feeling was pain from the incision mm-hmm. and not the internal pain that I had mm-hmm. felt for years and years and years. Yeah. And I remember I was sitting in the in the shower, but I was sitting down in the shower because I, you know, it's hard after a surgery like that. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not hurting when it occurred to me that what I was, the pain I was feeling was actually associated with the surgery and not with endometriosis. And I just remember crying. Because mm-hmm. I honestly didn't think that pain was ever going to go away. Yeah. Well, for six years. Shut doors. Shut doors. It shuts the pain, physical. It shuts the mental. mental. It lets you move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shut doors are good. Yeah. And I want to I touch on the relief part of it because I think that with every shut door, the relief that you feel when you know, when you, don't you know that you kind of know yeah. that that door needs to be shut? Oh, yeah. As Christians, oh, yeah, we know. And then when it's finally shut, it's like, whew. Yeah. Yeah. So can you think of any shut doors that happened in your life that? Oh, yeah. Tell us one. Well, I, I mentioned it before the yoga studio. Yes. How I went on for eight months. <laughs> Yes. And then I finally said, God, where are you? Yeah. Why? What What do I need to do? Am I going forward? And he said, look at your numbers and you'll know what to do. And I'm like, can you not just tell me? <laughs> can we not just? But he needed that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because he needed that door to be mm-hmm. slammed shut. Because when you saw the numbers. When I saw the numbers, it was in, we're shutting it down. Yeah. I immediately texted my manager and said, closing the studio. I'll meet with the yoga people when I get back. Here's the here's the steps of the plan. Done. And that relief. Yes. Because I carried that that burden of the yoga studio 
pulling the profit from the day spa. Yeah. I mean, it was sucking the life mm-hmm. right out of it. Mm-hmm. And I knew it, but I felt like the yoga studio was a God thing because he provided a way for that to open. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm not shutting this because it's God's thing. But that that just shows you, <coughs> excuse me, that just shows you that even though he opens a door, yeah. at some point in time, he may close it. Yes, absolutely. So don't fight it for us. Don't do as I do, do as oh, I yeah. say. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> don't let it linger any longer yeah. than it has yeah. to. Yeah, do it. Just listen yeah. to the Holy Spirit and let that be your guide, not, yeah. yeah. So when I... After we sold our business, a couple of years later, um, my pastor reached out to me. Um, I've told the story before. Their current financial person was moving to a different position. And that person had kind of been old school and done everything on spreadsheets. And they wanted... Um, Is her name Edie Tolbert? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and they were just wanting to get everything up up, and up to speed and QuickBooks yeah. and all of that. And so um, he reached out and asked me if I would consider being the finance manager at our church and I was like no <laughs> I don't thank you for but thanks for asking <laughs> um long story short I ended up there four years for four years but the season started off pretty rocky because the day I went to work was it just so happened that all of these three things landed on the same day payroll accounts payable and there was one other thing that well, typically <laughs> almost never landed on the same day, but it was just one of those odd things where it was all on the same day. And I remember panicking, going, what have I done? I sold a whole dang company to not have to do all of this, and here I am doing, doing it. it on the first day. <laughs> so at any rate, it ended up being a really good experience. I enjoyed my time there a lot. Um, if you ever work at a church where they are absolutely wonderful, God-loving people, it there's nothing like it. Yeah. I mean, they it is a totally different atmosphere than corporate yeah. America. But there came a time where I knew that season was over. Mm-hmm. And I put it off for a little bit. But I just couldn't justify sitting there drawing a salary knowing that my season was up. And so that door shut. Mm-hmm. And those seasons come and those seasons yeah. go. And it was that that moment in my life where I realized... It's okay. Like when we sold our business, that season ended. And I honestly never thought that season would ever end yeah. because I really thought we would have that business until it was time to sell. Yeah. And then somebody came knocking on the door to buy. So you don't ever know. Yeah. And you can't predetermine. No. Like if you own a business and someone comes knocking on the door like it, like it was for us, I mean, it was so shocking. We were younger. We were in our 40s. We weren't, we had no intention of selling like that. It was just not even, but you have to really think about what does that really mean? Yeah. And do your work yeah. and see if it's worth it and know is God closing that door mm-hmm. to open up something else? Yeah. I remember when, um, good Lord, I just lost my thought. <laughs> I don't think she's enough caffeine today. Uh, it'll come well, out. What was I going to say? I don't know. It's all right. Redirection. Yeah. Yeah. Redirection. Oh, it's back. So I remember when um, God told me that I needed to launch a nonprofit to support 
financially what we were doing with men and women walking through cancer and that wasn't enough for me. I didn't think that was big enough. I, you know, I thought, oh, that's good, but let's throw in some firefighters and some caregivers. That'll really <laughs> get the funds rolling in. <laughs> and then that became overwhelming. Yeah. Because that was three significant areas Huge. of need. Yeah. And I had to redirect yeah. after the first year. Yeah. You know, with the firefighters, we were going to have to do CT scans to, because they want, before the firefighters, because the firefighters have, connections with all kinds of funding and Mm -hmm. if this was going to be something that was going to impact them health wise Mm -hmm. there would be funds to support it right right but there had to be a test to show somebody that starts with the with the massage therapy and then something that is a physical scientific result and with that we'd have to do a ct scan right well those are not cheap right so I had a I had a firefighter friend who we walked this through for six or eight months and then we both determined that this was something bigger that, you know, it wasn't gonna be something that I could do. And and was that what God told me to do? No, that is not what God told me to do. And so and then the caregiver arm of it was that, you know, yes, the cancer patients are going through a lot, but so are the caregivers. So mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to tap into that. And I hope that someday we'll be able to add that back in or we'll have a, a a area that we can do that. But it was only when God t- closed those two doors mm-hmm. that I started seeing some movement in the nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And even that is the, so important for business owners mm-hmm. to hear too. Yeah. Because he, that's not what he told me to do. Right. But I thought God's idea was great, but I, that was just the cake. <laughs> I wanted to do a layer of icing in between the uh-huh, two uh-huh. and then let ice the whole cake. Uh-huh. I wanted it to look really, really important. Yeah. And um, it backfired. I think this is a perfect example of the importance of having a true niche or mm-hmm. niche or whatever people want to yeah. call it. Yeah. Um, you hear this all the time, niche down, niche down, yeah. niche down. And this is a perfect example of yeah. that because number one, it's overwhelming. Right. Oh, it's if you have so too many things going, yeah, you just can't keep up with it. Yeah. For you, that would have been three different sets of grants that you would mm-hmm. have had to have write grants for. Yes. And you just don't have time. No. And then it confuses the people who are listening to you. Right. Like it really takes them too many places in their brain. Right. If it's one thing, they can follow you. If if you this is this is the visual for me. There is a four lane highway. Mm-hmm. There's a lane for firefighters. There's a lane for caregivers. There's a lane for cancer patients. And then the far left lane, the fast lane, everybody's just zipping past you because they have, like you said, no idea which lane to get in mm-hmm. to follow you, to support you, to That's fund really you. That's really a good visual. And so by eliminating those other two lanes, I'm now in my lane and. And it's working. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, I say 16 lane highways because that's what it felt like to me. It was like, yeah. I was, uh. and then I would get off on the clover exit and get, <laughs> I just making the circles. Which, which lane am I, where am I, what's my exit? Where am I going? Yeah, it was a constant. So being in my lane, the lane that God directed me to be in yeah. and being obedient to what he's saying for that lane creates movement. Yes, I love that. That is yep. so important. I I just can't. 
being in the lane you're supposed to be in yeah. creates movement. And that is proven over yeah, and over. Over and over. And it's so important. Yeah. So regardless of what you're doing, whether you're a nonprofit or you are a um an owner, uh for sure redirect yourself into that one lane. Step back and ask your ask your your why. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I've had to do that on several occasions. Mm-hmm. What's my why? Mm-hmm. What's my why? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And that will bring you back to your yeah. lane if you've if you've deviated and got off onto the yeah. the highway that goes by the beach. You're not supposed to be over at the beach. Get back on the interstate. <laughs> get where you're supposed to be. Even though know, the beach is beautiful and it's mm-hmm. the nature and you know, do that on your spare time, but in your business time, get in your lane and stay there. Yeah. Stay there. Yeah. We yeah, all like those palm trees, right? Oh, absolutely. Except for those crazy people that like the ski yeah. slopes. What? It's so cold. My feet hurt. <laughs> and it's, it's because my feet are cold. No. <laughs> You'll catch me over with the Afghan in the fire, by the fireplace drinking hot cocoa while y'all are out there on the slopes. I'm not much of a skier, but I sure do like the mountains. I do like the mountains, but I like them in the summertime or yes. the springtime yeah, well, or we, even the fall. We get, we have, the few times we've gone, it has been when it is uh, July or August here and you can't breathe because it's yeah. so hot. Yeah. And then you go to Colorado yes. and it's nice and breezy and yes. yummy and yeah. And yes, there's yeah, so something all about the clear, that. crisp water. And the smell of the pine. Yeah. What are we talking about? <laughs> we have totally. Re- re- recalculating. <laughs> recalculating. <laughs> All right, Jennifer, do you have anything else you want to add to redirection? I don't. I don't. But I do have a celebration. Okay, go for it. Are you ready? I'm ready. www.bizdirectionllc.com is finally live. Holy cow. And the angels sing. That's awesome. I know. I'm so excited. That has been a work in progress. Uh, It has when you're trying to just get it all done and yes it is and I'm so excited and um it took a photo shoot and then the actual mm-hmm. revamp of the entire thing and yes so I am so excited to say www.bizdirectionllc.com is live that is awesome I know that's awesome what about you you have anything to celebrate my celebration is I have been um really heavy on the educational side on LinkedIn and I'm getting some traction over there. Nice. So just putting little, little nuggets of information out there about breast health and breast cancer awareness. So, um, if you're on LinkedIn, go out there and connect with me and follow, um, what I'm putting out there. Cause it's some really good information and I'm really excited. Very more, cool. more traction than I've gotten on the other, um, the other, Social medias, which I'm not saying anything against those, but I just feel like for what I'm putting out there, um, LinkedIn is is my go-to. So I'm really excited about that. That is very interesting, too, because I know LinkedIn is great for business. Uh-huh. Um, but I think what the ticket to LinkedIn is, and this is just a little bit of free extra here, is that people are a little more cerebral. Yes. They're... They're more likely to read more stuff yeah. than on the other platforms. Right. The other platforms are almost like scroll by. Right. Because um, I need I need to go and vegetate. Right. And LinkedIn, people go there to read things. Right. And so right. I think that might be why you're getting some yeah. traction there. That's yeah. really, really exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited. Cool. Really excited. 
All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us this week. Come back next week. We're going to talk more about seasons, redirections, doors closing, doors opening. Yeah, we're probably going to add to this episode because it's a good one. So stay tuned and we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Edie. And this is Jennifer. And we hope that we've inspired you to find your business bestie if you haven't already. Thank you.